You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Ganser. So glad you could join us today. It's been a busy few weeks here at American Humane Association, and I'm here to catch you up on the latest in the animal welfare world. June marks the start of our annual Adopt a Cat Month, where we encourage any prospective cat parents to adopt their new kitty friend from a shelter or foster group. Not only will you make a friend for life, but you'll save one as well. For more tips on why you should adopt a cat this month, if you needed to know why, please visit AmericanHumane.org for our Adopt-A-Cat package. And as a proud cat parent, three kitties in my home, I can tell you they do bring us so much joy. So I just want to give a big shout out to my kitties at home today. On Memorial Day last week, we proudly unveiled our top 24 hero dogs. Yes, we're through the first round, and our top 24 hero dogs are all competing in the semifinals of the 2015 Hero Dog Awards. We now have the top three vote-getters from round one in each of our eight categories, all vying for the title of the 2015 American Hero Dog. And I have to tell you, friends, the voting has been so tight this year. So many votes cast in the first hours of this campaign broke all records, so Get out there and vote for your favorite in the top 24 dogs. Three vote-getters from each category now available waiting for your vote. Visit HeroDogAwards.org every day between now and June 26th to vote for one dog per day. All of these dogs are really heroes with amazing stories to tell. So feel free to vote for a different dog each day if you like or champion one and give that dog all of your votes between now and the 26th. Will Unvel, our top eight category finalist, competing to be named the American Hero Dog on the most American of holidays, July 4th. Yes, on July 4th, as we celebrate Independence Day, the top eight category finalist will be official. All eight of those wonderful finalists will fly to Los Angeles to take part in the star-studded 2015 American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards Gala on September 19th, sponsored by the Lois Pope Life Foundation and taped for broadcast on Hallmark Channel later this fall. One final tidbit, June 1 marks the start of the Atlantic hurricane season. Yes, friends, we're already in hurricane season, which stretches out until November 30th. Make sure your family and your pets are prepared by checking out our American Humane Association's life-saving tips at AmericanHumane.org slash hurricane. Well... I said it's been a busy few weeks here at American Humane Association, and on today's show, you'll find out why. Our famed Red Star Rescue Team has just taken part in a cross-country transport of more than 200 cats and dogs, going up and down the eastern seaboard from Virginia to New York to Alabama and finally to Florida. My two guests today played big roles in the transport effort. Up first, we have Debbie Boyce, the co-founder of Pilots and Paws, where a convoy of 10 planes, yes, friends, 10 airplanes, took part in the Alabama-Florida transport, all flown by volunteer Pilots and Paws pilots. And Debbie was there to coordinate everything. Following her is Paul Raybold, American Humane's Chief Innovation Officer. He was there for every part of the transport and will share tales from the road and the air. 
But let me tell you a little bit more about this rescue effort. For some 150 to 200 dogs and a handful of cats in Virginia and Alabama, a second chance at life was just a road trip or a flight away. From May 26th to May 30th, the American Humane Association worked and filmed two dramatic transports involving North Shore Animal League America, Pilots and Paws, celebrity animal advocate Beth Stern, philanthropist Lois Pope, and so many other heroic volunteers to save some of the, gosh, did you know this, friends? There are three to four million animals relinquished to shelters who are euthanized each year. On the morning of Tuesday, May 26th, one of our American Humane Association's two 50-foot Lois Pope Red Star Rescue vehicles joined those of North Shore Animal League Americas at the Martinsville, Virginia SPCA, where 80 to 100 dogs were loaded into the trucks driven to the North Shore Shelter on Long Island. Those dogs traveled in kennels generously donated by the Petco Foundation, who also donated food and water bowls and blankets for those dogs, helping to make their journey as comfortable as possible. Upon arrival in New York, they were greeted by Beth Stern, who works with both American Humane Association and North Shore Animal League America. North Shore's veterinary team was there as well, treating the dogs and providing any necessary vaccinations so they could be soon placed in forever loving homes. Just a few days later, on the morning of May 30th, the same Lois Pope Red Star Rescue vehicles traveled to Greenville, Alabama. Little tiny Greenville, Alabama, which serves the catalyst for so much hope and so much compassion. We loaded up another 100 dogs and cats and been living in local shelters and with foster families. And though that truck took them to the Matt Crenshaw Memorial Airport, where a fleet of 10 private airplanes flown by Pilots and Paws volunteer pilots met them and took the dogs to foster families and rescue groups throughout South Florida. American Humane Association, up with honor and with pride, paid for those vaccinations and those health certificates prior to those flights. And several of those planes carrying those dogs made their way to North Palm Beach, where they were greeted by our wonderful friend and a second Lois Pope Red Star Rescue vehicle, and Beth Stern and uh, philanthropist Lois Pope herself. Lois Pope, an angel for animals, has funded those vehicles in the National Red Star Fleet. And she will take special delivery very soon of one beautiful kitten that Beth Stern is fostering at this very moment. Beth was so gracious. She opened up her heart and home to a mother cat and five kittens, and she's going to foster them. And then, of course, one of those little precious kittens will go home with Lois. You know, American Humane Association Red Star volunteers and staffers were at the airport to make sure those remaining dogs were placed safely with the local Palm Beach Humanitarian Group, a second chance puppies and kittens rescue, which will find them forever loving homes. You know, this entire massive project was filmed, actually, and will be shown nationally during our Hero Dog Awards to help provide education and to shine a light on the situation that so many animals face. And, of course, we are so grateful to animal advocate, actress, and American Humane's Hero Dog Awards co-host, Beth Stern, who is going to serve as a spokesperson for this educational film. For almost 100 years, our Red Star Rescue Team has helped rescue and care for animals in difficult situations, and we are so honored to help take part and to tell this story so that it will inspire so many others to help our rescue groups and our shelters in our hometown communities. Our deepest thanks goes out to everyone who made this educational and life-saving and life-affirming effort possible. 
our friends at North Shore Animal League America, the Petco Foundation, a Second Chance Puppies and Kittens Rescue, Beth Stern, and of course our dearest friend, our angel for animals, Lois Pope, who's really helped us to give a second chance to thousands of animals over the years through her generous support of our Red Star Rescue Team effort. You know, Lois shared with me, she said, Robin, dogs have always occupied a special place in my heart. And when I learned about the situation in Martinsville and Greenville, I knew we had to do something. This project is extra special to me as I will get to welcome with open arms a new kitty to join me and my family. And I hope it will inspire others to adopt more of millions of animals into homes where they can experience love and the lives they deserve. Thank you, Lois, for opening up your home to a special kitty during Adopt-A-Cat Month this June. To follow the progress of this effort and to see pictures from the road and the sky, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash American Humane and follow us on Twitter at American Humane. Again, friends, what a very special episode this week is as we celebrate the life-affirming and really life-saving work. We'll be right back with more of this dramatic transport next on Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free, and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. As I was saying, our Red Star Rescue Team took part in a massive two-phase transport of animals to new forever homes across the country. Phase two of this incredible project saw pups and kitties from all over Alabama brought to an airport in rural Greenville where a convoy of 10 airplanes loaded them up and brought them to airports across Florida. These planes were flown by private pilots in their own personal planes, who did so much incredible work last week as part of a wonderful program and a wonderful group called Pilots and Paws. We have one of the co-founders of Pilots and Paws on the phone right now, Debbie Boyce, who was there in Alabama to help coordinate this massive airlift, this airlift of hope and compassion. Debbie, how are you? I'm fine this morning. How are you, Robin? Oh, Fantastic. You know, Debbie, so proud to know you because I've heard so much about your group over the years. And to get to learn more about Pilots and Paws was just an exciting adventure for American Humane last week. Can you take us back to uh, what it was like to be in Alabama on Saturday morning? I would be happy to. And I so wish, uh, as I stated earlier, that you could have been with us. 
It was an incredible experience. I've often heard it described as life-changing, and I know for me, even though I've been to several of these events, it's still life-changing for me. When you're at the airport and you're watching each of our volunteer pilots roll in one by one and landing, and you know the reason that they're there is to save lives and make a flight save a life, as we usually say. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the the American Humane Lois Pope Red Star Band came in, and you know that just added to the drama. And it was just a wonderful view to look out on the tarmac and see ten aircraft waiting. American Humane Association's Red Star Disaster Team van and all the people just sitting at the FBO just waiting for the animals to roll in on Saturday morning. Wow. Wow. It was an, an incredible sight. Well, I heard from all of our colleagues that this was indeed life-changing and, and life-affirming as well, which yes. I think is so wonderful. You know, these stories, we hear so much of the negative in the news today, so it's, it's so wonderful to be able to celebrate a story like this. Can you tell us how this transport compared to some of the others that Pilots and Pauls have done? Yes. Um, this transport that, that happened in Alabama, it's such a high area of need. There's overcrowding, overpopulation, as we both know, all over the country. But there are hot spots, I refer to them as, that are typically areas where it's really high, the rates of euthanasia. If people don't go in there and assist and transport these animals out to different locations where they can find adoptive homes, they're surely going to die. And so knowing that, when you go into an event like this one in particular in an area that is such a high-kill area, it's just life-affirming mm-hmm. and it's goodwill. It shows the compassion and the best of humanity working together. When our pilots land and then your team arrives and we all you know, are, are headed towards the same mission, it's very difficult to put into words. It's such a visual effect that comes over you and it's extremely emotional. You know, that's what I heard, lots of joy and yet tears as well. How did you pick tiny Greenville, Alabama as the airport of choice for all of your pilots? Greenville, Alabama. It is tiny. It is tiny. But, you know, the people there are always warm and accommodating and, and all they want to do is help. That's all they want to do is help. And our pilots have actually developed a relationship with a group of sending and receiving organizations. And quite frequently, many of our Florida pilots will head to that area. So it was an area that we knew that we already had well established as far as transporting goes. And we knew that the people were willing to work and be organized. As you can imagine, it takes a lot of coordination and a lot of planning ahead of time. Uh, The logistics are are very intimidating to some if you haven't done it before. And, uh, of course, there's always the weather. You never know. You pray a lot about the weather because it determines whether a flight can be made or or, or canceled. So it was uh, an area that, as I stated, we've participated in many times before. And I felt pretty sure and good about the location, even though it was tiny Greenville, Alabama. But you also (laughs) must remember, Robin, that these animals came and these rescues came from some up to three hours driving away from the airport. They weren't just central to Greenville. That's just the meeting place. So they were up in the wee hours of the morning to make it there in time for their flight. And to save these animals' lives, which is wonderful. Great story. You know, I understand there were more than 100 dogs and six cats as part of this rescue. How do you divide up the animals and the planes? Do the pilots pick the ones they want to carry? (laughs) Or is the groundwork really laid with the local foster groups who pick up the animals they receive? How do you make this all work and the magic that happened? Yeah, the logistics, like I said, is complicated. Small aircraft are very limited and very varied in size. 
So some can take more, some can take less. Weight and balance is extremely important when you're talking about loading aircraft. So we have some really good pilots. Jeff Bennett in particular was my pilot coordinator on this particular transport. And we reach out to the pilots, find out what kind of aircraft they have, what kind of weight load they can carry. The rescues and sending parties in Alabama have other rescues and receivers that they work with. They send out lists of photos and weights and sizes and types of animals and everyone chooses basically what they feel they can adopt out and find homes for so they aren't being transported and just sitting somewhere for months. You know, they either have applications approved on file or they will work towards finding that, getting the vetting that's needed. So it's very much a group effort and once the determination is made as to which animals are going, then we get together on the pilot side decide what, how many crates will fit in a particular type of plane, how much weight they can carry, and we start the weight distribution and mm-hmm. the assignments, the dog, doggy assignments and kitty assignments and potbelly pig assignments or whoever happens to be going <laughs> on the planes that day <laughs> because it seems as though we've it. done them all, including a dolphin. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Debbie, are you a pilot yourself? I am not. An interesting fact about me mm-hmm. um, is that I was was afraid to fly my entire life. Wow. <laughs> so wow. people find it somewhat comical that, you know, I'm a founder of Pilots and Paws, but yet always had this fear of flying. But I am happy to state that I have overcome this fear of flying through the Pilots and Paws network. I've flown with uh, several of our small plane pilots. And, you know, for me, Robin, I would look at the animals that were going on the same aircraft that I was traveling on and I, I think to myself what they'd been through and, you know, how frightened they might be. And, and I, it just gave me that boost. It might sound, you know, a little Pollyanna, but really they're the ones who encouraged me to fly. I think that's incredible. Uh, that's a, mm-hmm. an incredible story because one would think that you were a pilot out there flying fearlessly for all those years and this was just <laughs> a natural extension of your work. So I yes. love that. I love well, I've that. been in rescue work all my life, so I was actually the other side of it. I knew the rescue mm-hmm. portion of Pilots and Paws, and my original co-founder, who's since retired and, and sold his aircraft after 30-some years of flying, he knew the pilot side. So working together is why our organization developed. That's wonderful. What does it take for a pilot? If there's any pilots listening in, learning about this organization for the first time, what does it take for them to do one of these special life-saving flights? How would they get a hold of you and what would they need to be prepared for? Well, it's very easy. We prefer that the pilots be in charge. They're the only ones who know when they can fly, what time of the week they can fly, if they have the funds to fly. The FAA does not allow our pilots to be reimbursed as general aviation pilots for their flights. So through our partner, Subaru and Petmate, we give them the supplies that they need to make these flights, and they can also claim their flight as a tax deduction through our 501c3. Basically, all they need is a current and active pilot's license. It is not the same as flying humans. There's stricter requirements, but if they're a licensed pilot and they want to volunteer, they need to fly so many hours anyway in order to maintain their license. This is a Mm -hmm. great way to build their hours, make a difference in their own communities and in lives people and animals, including military mm-hmm. working dogs and, and so forth. So it's very easy. They just go to pilotsandpaws.org, click on the join and choose the pilot option and follow the process. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Did you know, I know you know this, June's Adopt-A-Cat Month. So yes. uh, think about all those kitty lives you're helping to save with these flights involving cats this month. Any we special? Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us about that. 
Well, you know, cats are, we, we get this question quite frequently because dogs are primarily the animals that our pilots fly most of the time as far as pictures are concerned. But they do fly a lot of cats. It's just difficult to take the photos, the good photos of the cats and right. um, post those particular transports. And as we both know, unfortunately, the overpopulation of cats far exceeds the overpopulation of dogs. So it's very difficult to rehome many of the cats. So when you focus on a month that just highlights the needs of of cats and kitties, then that really brings education and awareness and hopefully change for the lives of those. We did have several kitties, including two Sphinx cats, on this 140 animals that we transported last weekend, which was very interesting. And, you know, Beth Stern took a mama kitty and five baby kittens to foster until the kittens are old enough to be adopted. So we were very pleased that we were able to include some kitties on the transport last weekend. Yeah, we're always pleased to see kitties getting help because they are. It's just uh, so in need of Forever Loving Home. If those listening into today's episode, June is Adopt-A-Cat Month. Please look at your home. Can you open up your heart and your home to adopt a kitty because they do need our help? I might add too quickly, Robin, that these cats can also be adopted as barn kitties if you have a horse farm. Um, mm-hmm. I've adopted several for my horse barn, actually, and mm-hmm. you know, many of the cats that may not be suitable, particularly for a house cat, can be very mm-hmm. well cared for and really help you out in your barn as well. I think that's wonderful. For those that have barns, great, yeah. great, great idea. And if you adopt one, consider adopting two, right? I think it's always they need, good. They need, to- they need a roomie. <laughs> mm-hmm. They need a friend. You know, Debbie, I have to ask, I know you've got a big calendar ahead for Pilots and Paws. What's next for you? Because I know you have a big annual event coming up in the fall. We do have a big annual event coming up in the fall. We do this every year, sometimes a few times a year. Of course, our pilots fly every week and, you know, through their choice and their their commitments that they choose to make. But we like to bring education to the public, and we go to various communities. And uh, this year we'll be in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And mm-hmm. pilots last year were from all over the southeast primarily and making mm-hmm. flights. We had 72 aircraft. We moved between ground. We worked with ground transport as well. We moved 491 animals in one day between the 72 wow. planes and, and the ground transport. And we would really love it if the American Humane Association would be involved with our event this year. It's October 2nd and 3rd. It's in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is in between Greenville, South Carolina and Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's in a, a good location for moving animals either any direction you would like to go. And uh, like I said, we do these events really to educate and bring awareness and and highlight the need. And I I believe it works. There are several people out there that really still don't understand that, you know, they need to stay and neuter their animals in in their area. They need to work for change and they don't have to be a pilot and they don't have to own a shelter and they don't have to have a rescue to get involved. Uh, There are other options and things for them to do to help start at home. Right. Absolutely. That's a great, great lessons learned. You know, on a, on another subject, by the way, American Humane would be honored to be a partner in your Thank October you. event in Rockville. And I know exactly where Rockville is. So it's all Rock Hill. All, <laughs> Rock Hill. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Right between Charlotte and Greenville. Wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know that you're the executive partner as well of the Pet Philanthropy Circle. I bet our I listeners am. have never heard of the Pet Philanthropy Circle. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that wonderful initiative. Well, the Pet Philanthropy Circle was started by my friend, Jewel Fine Morris, and the premise for that is totally about education. It's a, a philanthropic organization that was started in order to raise funds to give grants 
to hands-on rescue organizations that are doing good work and to help them. As you know, funding is always very difficult for any 501c3 group and particularly mm-hmm. little smaller rescue organizations who have a really difficult time doing the vetting bills and so forth. So the premise is to educate, create change, and benefit the rescue organizations across the country. I'm quite honored to be executive vice president of that organization and also recently quite honored to be one of the board members and the directors of Air Care Alliance, which is an umbrella of all public benefit flying organizations in the United States. Oh, congratulations. Well, I'm the only animal person on the board. (laughs) I love it. I love it. We need to get more animal people on all sorts of boards so we can can help change policy and practice in communities uh, across our great country. That's my goal. (laughs) I know. And you do such noble, noble and laudable work, Debbie. You You know, a question... Oh, well, you're so gracious. A question I always like to ask our guest is for them to tell me about their own pets. And I'm sure as a co-founder of Pilots and Paws <laughs> and, and all the other incredible work you do for animals and a rescuer for many years, what precious creatures do you have in your house today? I'd just love to know. Well, you know, I'd like to take just one step back from that, Robin, if it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been in rescue, like I said, for numerous years, and I was one of the founders of Doberman Assistance Rescue. So Dobermans have always held a special place in my heart. We've had Dobermans for approximately 36 years in my life. So mm-hmm. it was because of a Doberman named Brock who was used to train fighting dogs in Florida that Pilots and Paws was even started. So, you know, I, I have to pay tribute to Brock. When I reached out to my friends to ask if they could help transport him from Florida to South Carolina, that was when my friend John offered to fly down and pick him up for me. So, unfortunately, we lost Brock this past year. And it was a year of sadness in my family as far as pet loss went. We had two Dobermans, very precious to us, Brock and Chelsea Bugs, and uh, we lost them. And in between Brock and Chelsea Bugs, we lost my 19-year-old Lassa. So I had all these aged, you know, senior animals who I, I loved dearly, and I also had a 24-year-old mare. And we all we lost them, all within just a short span. But in between the loss of Brock and my little Lassa Lily, who was 19, we adopted a little cute terrier mix, uh, Yorkie mix from North Carolina that one of my pilots flew to me named Jazz. So currently I have Jazz, two rescue barn kitties, and three rescue kitties that are in my house. (laughs) Oh, you know, Debbie, I'm so glad you shared the story of Brock because that's how I first was introduced to you was uh, through Brock's story. And uh, it's just so beautiful. So thank you for sharing with our listeners. And, you know, so many of our listeners have seen your pets. And there's a wonderful new book coming out uh, in September. It'll be released September 15th by my friend Laura Coffey. And she has gone into, Mm -hmm. isn't she wonderful? She's wonderful. Laura has highlighted Pilots and Puzz many times over the years. Yeah, she's just fantastic. So her new book on Senior Pets will be coming out, and and I can't wait to read it myself. And again, for those listeners, June is Adopt-A-Cat Month. When you think about kitties, just don't think about kittens. Think about some of those senior cats in shelters who also need a forever-loving home. So I always want to get a plug to the senior pets. I have an old spaniel right now, Gatsby. I love him. Mm -hmm. 
has a special place in our heart and our home. And whatever Gatsby wants is the old man in the house he gets. So <laughs> I agree with you. you know? I agree with you, Robin. My, my two sen- I have two senior kitties in the house whose owner went, unfortunately, to a nursing home earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And people overlook these senior animals. And they're such wonderful pets and loving pets. And they, they give so much and they deserve every comfort that we can offer them in, the, in you know, the, their final years. Absolutely. And when he wants to hop on the bed, of course, he can no longer jump on the bed. He gets a special, (laughs) special hug as he gets lifted up on the bed to lay there and (laughs) and to read with me and watch television. He just just is uh, is really special. The other dogs are just looking, saying, why don't we get that? And we're like, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) Gatsby is the senior dog and he gets all the special joy. But thank you for sharing this about your senior pets and what they mean. That's just beautiful. Well, you know, our listeners are going to want to learn more about pilots and paws, and they're going to want to donate. Can you give everyone your website again? Yes, our website is pilot, the letter N, paws, pilotsandpaws.org. And we are getting, we're preparing to launch a kids' corner, too. So if you have children, please watch for that. There'll be a lot of downloadable activities and books and videos and things that you can view and coloring books that you can download. So it's pilotsandpaws.org. And we hope that you will support our organization as well as American Humane. Wow. We love Pilots and Paws, one of the finest organizations out there, period. Hands down, Debbie. So congratulations on all your great work. And congratulations on a wonderful week last week, saving so many lives. The same as return to you, Robin, and I hope we can do it again. Oh, thank you so much. Well, this is Dr. Robin Ganser. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief message. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, Jill. I see you and Bella are enjoying this lovely day as well. It's a perfect day for a walk. Isn't that right, Bella? And what a colorful ID tag you have, Bella. It certainly puts my Rusty's boring engraved tag to shame. Isn't it great? It's a dog tag art tag. Dog tag art? Yeah. Dog tag art makes the world's coolest pet ID tags. Pick from hundreds of cute designs or upload your photos or artwork to create a unique tag of your own. They even give you four lines of text on the back of the tag for important contact information. I love it! But do they hold up? We have to replace Rusty's metal tags so often because the information wears away. Dog tag art tags are some of the highest quality pet tags out there. They're made with super durable stainless steel. Your information is always legible and the tags are guaranteed for life. Well, I'm sold. Where can I get my dog tag art tag for Rusty? Dogtagart.com Sounds great! We can't wait to get online and get a tag of our own. Dogtagart.com We keep best friends together. Use the coupon code RADIO for a 25% discount off any tag. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with the vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. 
Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We're spending today's episode talking about transporting animals to a second chance and forever home all around the country. We've got plenty of photos of this dramatic two-phase transport up on the American Humane Association's Facebook page. So you can actually see what it was like in Virginia, New York, Alabama, and Florida. What a massive effort to save lives of animals. And now we're on the phone with someone who was there in all four states and everywhere in between, American Humane Association's own Chief Innovation Officer, Paul Raybold. Paul, how are you today? Doing great, Robin. Thank you. How are you? Oh, well, good, good. Well, Paul, I have to tell you, this was a mighty exciting effort on behalf of American Humane Association. I know you were the leader to make sure it all happened. Can you tell us a little bit about what last week looked like from state to state and share some stories with us? Where did you begin the week? Sure. So I flew into New York on Monday at the same time the Northeast Red Star truck was driving down to Martinsville, Virginia um, with North Shore Animal League. And then Tuesday, they loaded up bright and early in the morning, close to 100 animals, and started to drive back up to North Shore, which is in Long Island, New York. And uh, we got ready uh, to receive them at North Shore. They arrived around 6.30 at night. In the meantime, we were filming and interviewing people at the shelter. And uh, yeah, an amazing facility, you know, adopting out 20,000 animals a, a year. And then the team showed up, Red Star team, lots of press. Quite impressive, our big truck rolling in. And uh, we unloaded the animals, bedded them down for the night. Next morning, we checked them out, see they had a good night's sleep, did some veterinary exams, did some behavioral tests, and um, then we headed down to Alabama. And the Red Star truck drove to Alabama. So roll forward, fast forward to Friday. We got 10 planes arriving in Alabama, working with pilots and paws. Um, they're coming in Friday. The Red Star truck arrives Friday. And then Saturday morning, we've got 148 animals arriving from all over the state in Alabama, not from shelters, primary rescues and um, foster homes. And they arrived, loaded them onto the planes, flew off down to West Palm, Tampa, Naples, and Orlando. And I went to West Palm on a little plane, got there, more filming, more press, and unloaded those animals, and they went off to various foster homes. It's wonderful. That was it. Well, that was more than it. That was a massive logistical effort, too, with planes, trains, and automobiles really getting these animals into uh, areas where they have a second chance, really, at life. I know these efforts that you uh, had orchestrated were taking animals from areas that were simply overloaded. Am I right? I mean, I understand that Greenville, Alabama was the point for so many animals from across the state that there were just so many animals and they just needed to go to a place where they had a chance to be adopted. Is that right? That's correct. I mean, it was a, it was a heartbreaking and heartwarming week. Heartbreaking because there were so many animals and heartwarming that they said they were going to get a chance um, to live and not be euthanized and, and find forever homes, which was quite heartwarming. You know, and the stories 
couple that stuck out up in at North Shore, a mum and a little boy, nine-year-old boy, show up to, um, he's going to adopt a cat. So he, he's looking at kittens and uh, that was quite heartwarming to see his face and the excitement when he found the cat that he wanted to take home. And then down in um, Alabama, a little boy that was had fostered a, a cat with his mum and some dogs was saying goodbye to the animals that she'd helped. So they were pretty powerful stories and these animals will all find forever homes and uh, the partners we worked with were, were outstanding. So yes, they did go to places where there was a shortage and actually some of the animals were already had been adopted. They had to go through quarantine first with the fosters but they had been adopted. So we're not shipping animals into um, areas that are are overwhelmed with animals. We're shipping them from those areas that are overwhelmed to areas that have a, a shortage. Well, that's really reassuring to those on the phone, or I'm sure wondering about their own communities and being overwhelmed in some places and in in other places, I know there are real shortages, and to make that happen, that magic happen with building that bridge is so powerful. Well, Paul, I know you mentioned a couple of times there were media at both ends of this. I know that media helped to serve an educational point, right? What were those messages that you were sharing with the media about pet adoption, pet rescue? What were you educating the public about? Well, we were educating about Webster, um, American Humane Association. That was the first thing we were educating them about, why we were there and what Red Star is all about. And, and then we were educating them really about responsible pet ownership and making sure that the people that were there to adopt were matched with the animal and um, it was going to be a good fit. So that was mightily important. Up at North Shore, there was behaviorists, behaviorists on staff, so they're looking at animal temperament. So we're educating mm-hmm. around that because the last thing we want is for the, the animal to go and then be relinquished back to the foster home or the rescue. That's the last thing we want. So we're educating around that and also just educating around health and welfare for the animals and their needs. And then talking about the bond and how that will form and um, the importance of animals in our lives to kind of wrap it all up. I have to tell you, in New York, and you think we scripted this, but we didn't. I wanted to show uh, somebody adopting an animal not one of the ones we just rescued because they were in quarantine. So we got a gentleman that agreed to do it. He'd adopted a kitten. And he was a New York firefighter adopting a kitten. And I swear to God, I didn't, I didn't script that. I couldn't believe it. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> what a great, great story. And, you know, I just love to see, especially in the month of June, which is Adopt-A-Cat Month, those cats find forever loving homes. And uh, as we just spoke with Debbie, the co-founder of Pilots and Paws, just we really have to open our hearts and our homes to kittens, to cats. And let's not forget those senior pets this month to make sure that they uh, they do have a second chance because they bring us so much hope and healing, don't they? They sure do. And it's interesting to learn that the animals, not that we had any on this trip, but at North Shore, most of the animals that go quickly are the ones that are old or disabled in some way. And they go mm-hmm. fairly quickly, which was heartwarming too. That's wonderful. Well, Paul, on behalf of all of us, congratulations on an incredible effort to transport animals with Red Star Rescue, Pilots and Paws, North Shore Animal League last week. What an incredible collaborative effort across rescue groups and uh, and nonprofits doing this wonderful work to provide these animals with uh, a second chance. I always like to ask our guest, Paul, for them to tell and share with us about their own pets. I know that you have some special animals in your heart and in your home. Can you tell our listeners about your own pets? Sure, sure. So we have a a nine-year-old Irish setter 
He was a, a show dog that um, somewhat of a rescue. Um, you know, after they'd been showing, they're pretty much done and, and you know, and live in a kennel situation. So we rescued him. And then just recently, last year, we rescued two um, standard poodles. So the Irish setters called Kobe and then the poodles are Yogi Bear and Paris. So we rescued them from the poodle rescue and they were pulled out of a, a puppy mill situation, which wasn't too nice for them at all. So we've rescued them and uh, it's been interesting watching these poodles do the first things in life, like going to the beach for the first time or riding in a car or you know, going to a restaurant for the first time or walking on a leash and how they've blossomed and grown and really love their lives now. So that's pretty powerful stuff when you see that. So that's our three, three Herberts as we call them. And they're doing really well. <laughs> that's wonderful. Talk about living the mission, having your own rescue dogs in your home. That's certainly living the mission, Paul. So that's incredible. In Any final thoughts over last week? And I know everyone's still recovering from all of the travel and all of the logistical effort that really took to pull this whole effort together. And I know we all have a special thanks to Lois Pope, one of our wonderful benefactors at the association, and her vehicles were on the road, in use, all up and down the East Coast last week as part of this effort in coordination with Pilots and Paws and North Shore. Any final thoughts about what last week meant? Well, I think another thing that struck me, you look at these animals and the trust they have in humans that you're going to take care of them and look after them. And certainly, yeah, cats are equally important as dogs. But as I look at the Hero Dog Awards, um, you know, these puppies, could they be, one of them be the next Hero Dog, right? And of course, they're all heroes, but could they be the next American Humane Association Hero Dog winner? And they quite possibly could, so that struck me. I mean, last year, every year really, we've had quite a few Hero Dog winners that started their life in a shelter. So that's one thing as you're holding these little bundles of fluff you wonder what their life is going to be and if we will see them on the TV as a hero dog winner. Well, I know last year, I think about five out of the eight animals were shelter dogs, dogs given a second chance at life, and they did indeed win their categories and uh, and are real hero dogs. So it is a, an amazing testimony. Well, Paul, on behalf of all of us, thank you so very much for this incredible effort. And for those listeners, you want to see those photos, visit the American Humane Association Facebook page, and you can see what it was like in Virginia, New York, Alabama, and Florida for this incredible collaborative among a number of institutions led uh, with Paul Raybould at the helm to save these lives. Well, that's all we have for this week's edition. Be sure to tune in next week for a very special show where we'll once again be live from Capitol Hill. Something very exciting is launching on June 3rd in Congress, and we'll be back next week to tell you all about it and what it means for our animal friends. Take care, and until then, and as always, let's all remember to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.